does it, it works. When Holt does it, it doesn't work. And we have no idea. Well, we do have a little bit of idea why sometimes the internet clicks in and out. It's been clicking in and out this morning. So that's what's happening there. Um, not his fault. So anyway, um, so unstuck. Sometimes we get stuck in different places in our life. We get stuck in our prayer life, our Bible study, our marriage life, friendships, our financial life, things like that. And the idea today and what we've been talking about is how do you get unstuck? How do you start growing again? How do you start making progress again? And uh, we're focusing mainly on our relationship with God, which means, first of all, you have to have a relationship with God. You have to actually uh, have a time in your heart and life where you decide to turn away from your sin and to trust in Jesus, to give your heart and life uh, over to Him. Trust in what Christ did on the cross and through His resurrection is good enough for your sins. And so you say, I'm not going to live that lifestyle anymore by the power of God. I'm surrendering my life to Him, and I'm going to be a Jesus follower now. But even as Jesus followers, we sometimes get stuck, don't we? So we're going to look at some ways to get unstuck today. Look in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem... He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Well, what kind of habits do you have? Uh, everybody has habits. Most of what you do, around 40%, uh, 40 to 60% of what you do, you do out of habit. It's just a habit that you uh, do. And some of you have good habits. Some of you have, uh, all of us have some healthy habits, some unhealthy habits. Some of us have some weird habits. Have it said a little bit odd, just a little bit uh, different. How many of you use ice in your milk? Raise your hand. Nobody. Caroline, me and Caroline are the only, okay, we've got one more. Uh, is, is that weird to you to put ice in your milk? No, some of y'all say it's weird. It makes it colder. Um, I learned it from my sister. Now, the odd thing, I would never use my sister's name, but um, the, the odd thing about my sister is she does put ice cubes, but she can only put an even number. <laughs> can't be an odd number. Uh, my brother-in-law, Mike, he's been looking for blue plate sandwich spread for months. They used to make it years ago, not craft. You can find craft and you can find other kinds, but blue plate sandwich spread. They've been looking for it for close to a year. Somebody finally found it the other day at an out-of-the-way grocery in Baton Rouge. And so my sister and one of her friends went to get him some. So my sister got him two jars and her friend said, well, I'll get a jar to go with it. And she's like, no, we can't do an odd number. <laughs> kind of do an even number. She's the kind of person that uh, if you look at her pantry, uh, all the labels are facing out. They're grouped by vegetable, beans, peas, corn. Any, any of y'all do this? Okay, got some of y'all do this, okay. And when she buys a new can, it goes to the back. The, oh. So I got, got some, so how many of y'all, how many of y'all do, group them by, by vegetable and they're all facing outward? How many of y'all do that? Okay, I got some of y'all do that. So our, our, can we consider ours organized if when you open it, nothing falls out? <laughs> About 20 to 30% of the time, something actually does fall out. <laughs> and so if it doesn't fall out, we feel like that's a good thing. I have... Uh, how many of you flip the pillow from the, to the cold side before you go to sleep at night? We got any cold? How many of you actually flip it during the night if you wait? There you go. Got to flip it back to the cold side. There you go. Obviously another one. Um, how many of you, and I would never mention names on this one, but how many of you, when you turn a corner, walking around a corner, you turn too short and run into a wall? Anybody do that? Yeah, I would never mention our youth pastor, but he's actually the one that told me that one. 
Um, <laughs> I was like, that's not a habit. That's just misdirection. That's just not <laughs> figuring out how far you got to go. I actually have done that as well. Um, we have a young lady in our church, um, young lady, she's married with children now, but she said when she was growing up and they were on vacation riding in the back seat of the car, her parents were saying, we're crossing the state line, and she'd pick her feet up so she wouldn't trip. <laughs> you got some, got some of those? Really? I had no idea. There are a lot of those. That is really funny. So here's a dad. One more. Here's a dad thing. How many of you dads comment on the river stages when you go across the river? The river's... Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Ray. All right, some of you dads do that. I did not realize, I guess, how much I do that. But uh, when the kids are little, you know, you just, you just like, wait, well, the river's kind of high today. The river's kind of low. The river looks kind of muddy today. We were having lunch, uh, uh, you know, one day, uh, it's been about a month or six weeks ago. We were just talking, and Joel said something. He said, you know, you remember when you used to tell us the river stages? I said, yes. He said, I thought that was your job for a long time growing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you had to drive down there, check the river stage out, report on it. You know, the Pastor River stage guy, you know. So anyway, had no idea he thought that. It just as like as a couple of weeks ago when he finally told me that. Well, some of us, we all have some certain kind of habits. Some are funny, some are weird, some are helpful, some are not helpful. And today, we want to focus on habits to get us unstuck. Habits that help us grow in our relationship with the Lord. Because here's the thing. Habits put you on the growth track. Hope Hope, when we have hope, we have inspiration, uh, that kind of gets us motivated, but habits is what change our life. If we truly want to get unstuck, then we have to develop habits that move us that direction. You see, hope is inspiration. Hope will get you started. Everybody say started. Yeah, hope gets you started. Inspiration gets you started. But habits is what changes your life. One person said it this way. Small, smart choices plus time plus consistency equals radical change. It's not what you do occasionally. It's what you do consistently that impacts your life. If you were to work out twice this week, you're not going to see much of a change. If you decide to eat healthy two times this week or two times this month, you're not going to see much of a change. In fact, if you decide to go to church one time this month, it's not going to be that helpful. I mean, I want you to, love for you to. If you decide that you're going to spend time with God in Bible study and prayer, and you do that uh, one time every three months, you're not going to see much out of that. It doesn't, you see, what changes our life is small, smart. Everybody say smart. Now, if it's unsmart, it'll change your life as well, but it's in the wrong direction, right? Small, smart choices plus time plus consistency. That's what equals radical change. Now, if you eat healthy consistently, you'll see change. If you exercise consistently, you spend time with God consistently, then that will equal some change. And so what we end up doing a lot of times is we set goals. I want to weigh so much, or I want to run so far, I want to be this close to God or whatever. And, you know, I get tickled sometimes because every once in a while somebody wins a championship and they'll say, well, why did your team win the championship? They say, well, we, at the beginning of the year, we set a goal to win the national championship. And I thought, yeah, you and every other team. 
<laughs> that didn't, that's not really what happened. It's what you did consistently, day by day by day by day. Of course, recruiting great talent helps a lot as well. But it's the system, it's what you become. And so the idea is not just that you want to reach a goal. The idea is you want to develop habits under God, empowered by God. You see, last week I talked about it's the Holy Spirit's power that enables us to change. Before that, I said you got to have a spiritual why. Why do you want to change it? And if it's not tied to spiritual, then it's just behavior modification. Behavior modification is really no good. Spiritual transformation is what we're after. I want to have a quiet time with God. Well, I want to know God better. I want to have a prayer time with my family. Why? I want our family to know God. I want my children to follow God's plans for his life. I want to be involved in church. Why? I want God to use me in a way that impacts eternity. The, you have to have a spiritual why. And here's something, guys. If you don't get anything else, get this. If you've got a strong enough why, you'll find a how. You'll find it. it, it you, you just will. I want you to look at Daniel. Daniel's a guy that had a, a big why. He obviously had a big why. And I want you to see the habit that Daniel had in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. He had this incredible relationship with God, but it wasn't an accident. Look at what it says. Now, when Daniel, and by the way, back up just a little bit. Uh, Daniel was captured by the king of Babylon. He was brought there. And he was obviously a really good guy, hardworking guy, smart guy. He was, he had, he was a guy who had a lot of things going for him. And so the king wanted to take some of these guys who were really, really smart, good, hardworking guys and indoctrinate them in the ways of Babylon so they could help him in his kingdom. When we say indoctrinate them in the ways of Babylon, that means against the ways of his God. Daniel was in a situation where it looks like there's no way he can live godly. Everything, he's taken from his home, he's taken from his church, he's taken from his family, he doesn't have a Bible, he doesn't have Christian radio, he doesn't have a Sunday school class, he doesn't have a youth group, even though he's probably close to that age when he's brought there. And yet Daniel, we read all through Daniel, he has this incredible relationship with God, and he does so well uh, in his career that he's promoted to some of the highest rank in the kingdom and other people are jealous of him. And so they want to cancel Daniel. We're going to find something and we're going to put this guy's name on the blacklist. We're going to get him in trouble, get him out. And they couldn't find anything. The guy's character is impeccable. His integrity is impeccable. He's a hard worker. There's nothing. And they said, the only thing we'll be able to do to this guy has to do with his faith. His religion is not the religion of the king's religion. So they come up with this idea that anybody who prays to anyone or anything other than the king for 30 days is going to be thrown into a lion's den. Now, that's where he's at. They know that Daniel has a habit of praying three times a day. Look at Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that they put it in the law. Why they want to put this in the law, I have no idea. But they want to put it in the law that if you pray to anybody but the king, you get thrown into the lion's den. He went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. And he prayed and he gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day. I don't know why three, you know. 
I, I don't, I don't, don't, we, don't give, we don't have a biblical reason for that. But we do have a reason why he opens his windows and prays toward Jerusalem when Solomon dedicated the temple. He said, oh God, this is way back in 1 Kings, well, oh God, if these people disobey you and they're carried into foreign lands and they turn to you and pray toward this land, you will forgive their sin and bring them back. Daniel's obeying scripture. He's doing what the Bible said to do. So he opens up. They know this is what he does. And so when it's signed, he goes home and does what, notice there, as was his custom. The Bible said Jesus went to the synagogue, as was his custom. Paul went to synagogue, as was his custom. Jesus prayed, as was his custom. And so we want, what I want you to see today is how we can bring about some habits, develop some habits that will help us be unstuck, help us get to be the person that, that we want to be and God wants us to be, okay, that God wants us to be and we want to be. I'm just going to say two things today. First of all, let's look at the creation of habits. Look at the creation. Where, how are we going to create some habits? And I'm going to, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you a lot of ideas about some habits because uh, maybe for you, you used to do something, need to restart it. Maybe you have a habit, but you haven't been putting your heart into it. Maybe it's time for you to get unstuck somewhere. You need to start a new habit. And so I want you to, that what I've really been praying for, what I really want to challenge you to do today is to start a new habit to start a new habit that's going to help you be where you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now as a Jesus follower. So two questions to ask about what habit do you want to start? Number one, where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? This is a great place because if there's some place you're growing like all gangbusters, then fantastic. Maybe not, not the best place for a new habit. You got a good habits going there. Where are you stuck? Where are you kind of in a rut? Where is it that if God were to sit down next to you, put his arm around you this morning and say, uh, son, my daughter, uh, why don't we get moving right here? God, you know, you, man, I'm proud of you for right here. You're really dependent on me right here. Uh, you're letting me use your life right here, but here's the spot right here. That, uh, that, that, that I'd love to see you get unstuck. It may be your prayer life. It may be your family life. It may be your emotional life. Maybe you're catching some moods. Anybody been in a mood lately? <laughs> Maybe in a mood. Maybe it's your church life. Maybe it's your financial life. Maybe it's your sharing Jesus, generosity, or a character trait. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience. 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 <laughs> Maybe something like that. Kindness, self-control, forgiveness, these kinds of things. Now, here's the thing. How do you improve in those areas? How do you grow? How do you get unstuck? You ask God for a habit, and when you do that habit consistently, over time, your life changes. It's got to be over time. Hope, Greg Rochelle said it this way, hope alone won't change your life. Habits will. So where are you stuck at? First question, you may even ask yourself, how does your one word, if you've got to pick the one word to begin the year, help you? Second question is this, what do you want your life to look like five years from now? What do you want your life to look like five years from now? If you went back to those same questions, how do you want your prayer life? What do you want your family life to look like? What do you want your friendships, your emotional life, financial life, your generosity, character trait? What's your win? 
What's, what, what, what's the direction? What, what kind of person do you really want to be? And think about that and say, what, now watch this. The habits you have today, you're on a trajectory. And if you don't change your habits, that's where you're going to end up. What direction are you going? What area do you want to, do you want to change direction? Because you see, if you look at the trajectory of your life and your prayer life and your church life and your family life, your financial life, whatever direction you're going, unless you change it, that's where you end up at. If you're spending more than you're making, you're headed to be deeper in debt five years from now. There's no way to... Get out of that. There's no way that changes. Uh, a lot of people pray for a lucky break. <laughs> and those lucky breaks don't come along that much. If your prayer life is really, really inconsistent right now, it's going to be really, really inconsistent five years from now unless you do something to change it. If your family life is not connected and you're all not grounded in the word together, following Jesus together, a testimony to the world together of what a godly family looks like, if that's not where you're at and that's not where your habits are, you're going to be further away five years from now. The trajectory you're on right now determines where you go, and this is why you got to have a big why. Why? It's got to be a spiritual why. Why do I want to start a new habit? Because I love Christ. I want my children to love Christ. I want the people that work with me to go to heaven with me when they die. I want to be a testimony to the people of the goodness of God. I want to be the kind of person that loves people and is generous to people. When I die, I don't want to look back and say, oh, I wish my life had been more about this. This is the day to change that. It's not going to accidentally change one day. And listen, guys, never underestimate what God can do through one small habit if you do it consistently. So if you want to be a loving and engaged parent, most of us do, right? That doesn't happen accidentally. You might want to have a date night with your spouse. You might want to have prayer time with your kids. One of the things that a lot of our church members have told me is that one of the most special times for their kids is praying with them while they're driving them to school. A number, number of parents have told me that. That may not work for you. Your kids may ride the bus. You got to find something different. But if your why is big enough, you'll find a how. Maybe you want to be a godly witness at work. You need to start a habit. A godly witness at school, maybe. Maybe you need to start a habit of thanking God for your meal when you eat lunch. It's a simple habit of bowing your head and saying the blessing. Maybe you need to get in the habit of when people ask you, how was your weekend? You can say something like, man, church was awesome yesterday. Man, we had this young teenage girl sing yesterday, and man, God spoke to my heart about how I need to surrender all. Our pastor, bless his heart, he's trying, but I did understand that I need a new habit. I found a new habit that I can start, and I got a new habit I'm excited about growing in my relationship with Christ. If you want a deep friendship with God, hopefully we do, what can be your habit? How about Bible before phone in the morning? I was seeing, I saw a survey the other day, I won't be exactly right, but it said the first thing people get, they do when they get up in the morning, uh, number one is check their phone. Uh, number two is check email. Number three, social media. Uh, number four, interestingly, about 30, 40% of them, it goes, that, it goes kind of that direct, text somebody. 
which is kind of sad because 20 years ago, the first thing people did in the morning, 97% went to the bathroom. It's sad if you're checking your phone before you go to the bathroom. <laughs> we've, we've lost priority somewhere or another here, okay? Maybe you want to be an encourager. Well, how are you going to move that direction? Maybe send a text to one person a day. We had a friend of ours that was in a motorcycle accident several years ago. He almost died in the hospital for months. And Laura, which I asked her this yesterday, she still does this. She said, every time I see a motorcycle, I pray for him. We have, a, we have a guy in our church, every time he hears an airplane goes over, he prays for the people in the airplane. Sometimes it may be every time you hear an ambulance or a, or, or a police officer with their, or, or a fire truck with their, with their siren on, you pray for them. It's just ways to do that. When one of our church members tries to take his Bible and a notebook everywhere he goes, because that way he can jot something down. Somebody else said, turning to God first thing in the morning. It's been one of the habits I've started. One of the places I felt like I was stuck at was getting up in a foul mood. I've, I just don't get up well. <laughs> and I've told you that. I don't know that I've ever woke up a day in my life and thought, man, I feel arrested. I just can't wait to take on the day, man. And so my new habit is as soon as I can, I'll, I try to say, thank you, Lord, and I quote a Bible verse when I first get up. That's my new habit. Laura's like, how's, how's it going today? And I was like, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. <laughs> it's not perfect. Small habit over time plus consistency, okay? As I said, it doesn't change all in a day. All this righteousness be added unto you. What's it to you? <laughs> Work at it, man. <laughs> Somebody else said that when he goes to bed at night, he tries to consider his day and go to sleep talking to Jesus. So here's your weekly growth suggestion based on who you want to become. And really what we're saying, based on who God wants you to become, what's one habit you'll start today? Maybe your, maybe your direction is, I want to be, uh, 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 I want to live a pure life. And so if you're single, you're not alone in a house somewhere or another with a member of the opposite sex. Maybe your habit is, I don't want to be a gossiper. I don't want to be somebody like that. And so your habit's going to be when somebody's name's mentioned, you're going to immediately try to say something like, they're one of my best friends. I sure do like them. Uh, you know, try to say something positive about that person. I was reading about this guy, Mario, Mauro, not Mario. He's friends with the other guy. Luigi, I couldn't think of his name for a minute. But Mauro Prospera, he, uh, he, uh, he won the gold medal in 1984 Olympics. 1994, he decided to run an ultra marathon. An ultra marathon. That's a week long. It's over 100 miles. And so he decided, it was in the desert. And so he decided, he was a gold medalist. He's running the uh, ultra marathon, really wants to win. And he ran into a sandstorm and he ran 181 miles off course. That's sad. <laughs> a hundred, how do you run 181 miles off course? One step at a time. How do you get so far off course in your relationship with God? One step one bad decision, one bad habit at a kind time. I know we're just about out of time. Let me mention the last second point, the continuance of a habit. The continuance of a habit. Here's the thing. 
A lot of people think that successful people, when I say successful, you can think of in business, you can think grades, you can think spiritually, you can think family-wise, but successful people do things consistently. They do, people that want to be successful don't do things occasionally. The people who excel are the people who do things consistently. So let me do two things to help you make your, to help make our habits stick. Because this is the thing. Over time, consistency, that's where we get stuck at, right? Number one, make it obvious. Make it obvious. Don't make it hard. Make it obvious. So here's the thing. If you want to start having your Bible time in the morning, if you eat cereal in the morning, at night before you go to bed, lay your Bible beside your cereal bowl. If you... Um, if you want to have your quiet time before you eat cereal, but you tend to look at your phone, uh, put your phone in another room. I know you say, well, I use my phone as an alarm clock. They sell alarm clocks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, put the phone on, put the phone under your Bible. Make it obvious. If you want to exercise, put your running shoes right in front of your recliner. So when you sit down, you'll see them. Make it obvious. I made a terrible mistake not too long ago. Uh, Laura made us, it wasn't shrimp fettuccine, which is my favorite, but she made shrimp and noodles, which was really, really good. And we had extra shrimp left over, and I let it ruin. I was so disappointed. But the reason why is we used our Tupperware bowl, and this was a sour cream Tupperware bowl. <laughs> it wasn't clear, and it got shoved to the back behind the Junior Mints and the peanut butter M&Ms. And I ate a lot of Junior Mints and peanut butter M&Ms, and I forgot about the shrimp because they were behind. It wasn't obvious. One of the best things that I've learned in the last couple of years about helping with my habits is putting a reminder on my phone. I want to send a text to somebody twice this week. So you put a reminder on Tuesday and Thursday at, at 11.15. You got to put a, you got to set a time and make it obvious so you'll see it. The second thing is make it easy. Make it easy. Now, now some habits are hard to do, but make it easy for you to do it. Here's the thing. I don't know why Daniel prayed three times a day, but here's an idea. Maybe he prayed three times a day because he prayed right after he ate. Tie your hat, make it easy. I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to pray. After I eat lunch, I'm going to pray. After I eat supper, I'm going to pray. Make it where you can realize what you're doing. If you're going to have a long time with God, get a plan. Don't wake up in the morning and say, well, you know, I was going to read something, but I don't really know where to read. Get a plan. Get a devotional book. Get somebody to send you an email, but find a plan. Know where you're going. Don't get up in the morning. Don't wait till the, till the alarm clock goes often think, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to read and I don't feel like it, so you hit the snooze. Don't do, no, make it, put it where you know what you're going to do. If you need to start walking, walk five minutes a day. If you haven't, if you've never had a quiet time, do it five minutes a day. It's a whole lot easier to go from five to 10 than go from zero to five. And so you have to make it easy. Date night, the way you make that easy is you tell your spouse, we're going out Friday night, I'm gonna take care of the babysitter. And so you get ready and you, have, you set it up where you can do it. Make it as easy and as obvious as it can be. But listen, guys, and I'll go back to this and I'll tell the story, we'll be done. You've gotta have a why. Why are you gonna do this? Is there a spiritual why? 
Daniel did this because he wanted to honor God enough that he'd be thrown in the lion's den. He wanted to honor God and to please God enough he would disappoint the king. He would honor, wanted to honor God and please God enough that he would continue to open the windows up and say, here I am, this is what I'm doing. My loyalty is to God above everything else. Until we get that down, we're going to have a hard time with our how. We'll become victims if we just can't figure it out because we don't have a strong enough Wow. I read the story of a, a lady <clears throat> uh, and a man. Their names was Laszlo and Clara. Uh, Laszlo had the idea that he wanted to try this kind of social experiment out on his children. Bad idea. Don't do it. But he had this idea that people could be trained to be excellent in just about anything. And so he married this lady, and she agreed to marry him on the idea that a genius is not born but educated and trained. And so they decided they were going to educate and train their children to be chess geniuses. And so when their girls, they ended up having three girls. When their girls were born, everything in the house was about chess. Books about chess, pictures on the wall about chess champions. They played chess all the time. They made it fun. They made it interesting. It's all about chess. They, uh, chess books, pictures, all that. And it worked. Susan, their oldest, began playing when she was four years old and within six months was defeating adults. Sophia, the middle child, was a world champion by age 14 and a few years later became a grandmaster. And Judith, the youngest, was best of all of them. By the time she was five, she could beat her dad. She's playing with her sisters all the time. When she was 15, she became the youngest grandmaster of all time. And for 27 years, she was the best female chess player in the world. Why? She did it all the time done consistently and they said that they would catch her in the middle of the night in the bathroom playing chess on the bathroom floor because she just loved it so much. small habits done consistently over time brings a radical reward would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed heads bowed and eyes closed and we're looking around guys any of us in here if we wanted to be an expert on any subject whether it be prayer, whether that subject be a certain book of the Bible that you want to study, whether that subject be family life, if you took 15 minutes a day and studied a book, a good book, with some intention, just a year or two, you'd be an expert. Just in a year or two. But doing it once doesn't matter that much. So what's your why? Where do you want to be in five years from now? Where do you want to be in your relationship with God? Where do you want to be in your relationship with your family? Where do you want to be in your relationship with your friends and your church? Where do you want to be in five years from now? Today's the day to start the habit that puts you that direction. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I do pray this morning that you would reveal to us the habit you want us to start today. And, Lord, you'd give us a why. I mean a big why. A why that is a spiritual why. A why related to Jesus. Why we will start doing this and be consistent for years. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to come middle of this altar, you got somebody in your heart and mind you want to pray for, pray for yourself. You want to just ask God, God, show me the best habit I could possibly start today that will help me to end up 5, 10, 15 years from now where you want me 
to end up at.